accessing library computer data. Out there, there are no saints. Just people. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. We're continuing our run-through of DS9. We're up to the episode called Playing God. It was, uh, excuse me, it's the 17th episode of the second season, aired on the 27th of February 1994. Teleplay goes to Jim Trombetta and Michael Piller. Story credit goes to Jim Trombetta, directed by David Livingston. Um, while hosting her first Trill initiate, Dax discovers a tiny expanding proto-universe that threatens to destroy the Bajoran system. So it's just going to be me talking about this one, but hopefully you guys don't mind. We got some good patron comments, and I think I've got a lot to say about this one. Or uh, It's kind of a good episode to talk about uh, where we stand in the second season of DS9 and where we go moving forward and everything. Um, not a good episode, but I think there's a lot of stuff to talk about. But to get back on schedule, I'll do this one alone, then we'll be back with uh, other people joining us. But I thought that um, this would be the episode that is most easily just done by myself, and we'll get into that. We'll take a break. I'm going to play an audio clip, and then I'm going to come back and break down playing God. Your move. Your seaweed's been safely transported to the science lab. Did you take a look at it? Mm. What do you think? We did as much analysis on the runabout as we could. None of the matter would scan. We'll do more tests tomorrow. How'd your initiate come through the experience? Fine. He's a good pilot. Uh Uh-oh. What? I know that look. What look? That look, old man. The one that says, this one isn't going to make it. Not because of me. But you have your doubts. I have my doubts. What is his problem? I'm not sure what he brings as a host. I'll advance a symbiont to the next level. Frankly, he's more than a little arrogant, Benjamin. Is he? Okay. For a trail, that's to be expected. Check. But he's riding his father's ambitions, and he doesn't have any idea what he'd do with a symbiont if he got one. Have you confronted him? It's not my job to confront him. Isn't it? My job is to show him what it's like to function as a joint trill. That's all. I can show you the guidelines. They're very clear. Mm-hmm. Who am I to confront him? Your Dax. Yes, but I'm not Curzon Dax, and I won't do to him what Curzon did to me. So, what are you going to do? All right, so, I know you guys don't like uh, the solo podcast, but I think that this is an episode that we don't really lose anything by doing that. Um, I think this episode is pretty terrible, but we will be going through the patron comments is uh, the way we do that now when I have to do a solo show. We'll go through the patron comments, respond to them, get your guys' thoughts on it, and then we'll sort of discuss what uh, playing God means as a whole. But I thought that my opinion for this episode, is that it is terrible. It, and it's um, it's maybe one of the worst of the second season. It has a lot of things going against it, um, which I'll try to touch on briefly for each thing, but it has... The main issue here with why this episode is so terrible is the fact that Dax is the lead character in it. And it might seem like we're harping on the the Dax characterization at this point between Terry Farrell's performance and the character itself, but almost more than the performance here, I think she's semi-competent in this one. Um, 
Although the acting on everybody's part is not really great. The guy who plays the Trill Initiate, which is what is his name, Arjun. The Arjun, the Trill Initiate, is also a terrible actor in this. Um, so Terry Farrell playing against him is not really great times for anybody. But I think that the the issue here with Dax is that it's extremely unclear about what the Trill are on some level. And I know that we've had multiple episodes where they're trying to sort of suss this out. Um, and it's not really working. And I was looking deeper into it, and Iris Stephen Bear had a whole thing talking about how they just could not figure out this character and what they were supposed to be. She started off as this sort of wise old man uh, character, which would be more along the lines of the logical, unemotional Data and Spock characters. That was the initial sort of idea of what she would be, because that concept makes sense to me, which is that the the body is young, but the experience of the creature is old. So it would be wizened and wouldn't be very excited by things. And it would be very low key and um, above it all on some level, maybe a bit arrogant, maybe a little bit like tired of people who haven't experienced that amount of experiences in a lifetime. And they, they found that mostly because of Farrell's acting, that wasn't really the way that they wanted to go forward with it. They weren't too interested in it. And they thought that because they have Terry Farrell playing this role, why not loosen up a little bit and have Dax sort of be a, not a goofball, but a, a, a sort of um, devil-may-care attitude. And they thought that maybe that would suit Farrell's performance better. I don't know if that's true, if it suits her performance better. It's a change for the character, but I think that doing that undermines what the Trill are supposed to be because it's very unclear what they are at some point. Even when, I mean, fundamentally, I don't really understand the two Trill talking to each other in this episode. I feel like they're a species that shouldn't have this kind of interactions where the rest of Starfleet talk to Dax as if she is just a regular person. I feel like the Trill should have a deeper understanding of what it means to be joined and what talking to someone like this would be because you're essentially talking to a creature that's like centuries old and has lived lifetimes. They And they, they seem to have some kind of reverence for it. Like it's not willy-nilly that the Trill get joined to the symbionts. It's a very thought out, methodical process. You go through a lot of testing. You go through to make sure that you're the one who'd be able to be joined. You can handle this responsibility. It's not overtly religious, but it has kind of un- underlying religious attitudes. Playing God is the title of the episode, but that has more to do with the proto-universe, I think. Um, the Trill are just, you know, I think it's, um, I forget who it was. I think it was Zam Nuclear Wessel, uh, one of the patrons, <laughs> mentioned that the Trill should have been, I might be wrong about that, but someone mentioned a couple episodes ago when uh, we did a last, last did a Trill Dax episode that, it would make more sense for the humanoids of the Trill species to be like sort of Neanderthal, Neanderthal, I guess you pronounce it Neanderthal, uh, Neanderthal in intelligence, sort of like a proto-human. And joining them with the Trill allows them to become uh, super intelligent or at least step up to plate to be like a normal average human intelligence like uh, Dax is in this these episodes in this series. So what you'd have would be a truly symbiotic relationship where the Trill symbionts are defenseless and they can't move and, you know, they need the uh, protection of the humanoid species. But they also bring a lifetime of knowledge and intelligence and like a, a super 
trill ability to exceed what they are when they're not joined. So the unjoined trill would kind of be like slow on the uptake, maybe not all that developed, more caveman-like than anything. And maybe not quite caveman, but they wouldn't be able to step into the Starfleet role the way that they are. And only by joining are they able to expand in both halves of the symbiont and the, you know, the trill, the humanoid thing come to fruition and become something better than what they are. That would make sense as to why you would want to be joined because all the episodes so far have not explained to me what the advantage of being joined is besides the fact that they all want to do it. You don't seem to gain anything by it. You don't live longer. Your personality on some level seems to be wiped out. So you're not really the same person. And that's another thing that I want to talk to uh, talk about after I get through this whole thing. But I don't, they need a reason for why the Trill would want to be joined, why Trill are trying to steal symbionts from other people, because it doesn't seem like you really get a lot out of it. And the symbiont basically seems to just live inside you. And they mentioned something about like you're improving the symbiont, but that's my main problem with the whole thing is that the the joining doesn't make sense. It's not clear what you get out of it. It's not clear why they would want to do it and why there's such a rigmarole around doing it. The other thing is that the second point of this is I don't understand what personality is dominant in a joined trill. So I think the original idea where if Dax is the attractive woman who is uh, basically an old man, so you have a young actress playing an older, wiser character. If that's the case, it seems like the symbiont is the dominant personality because the symbiont would be that wizened old person who is basically using the humanoid for locomotion for all intents and purposes. That doesn't seem to be the case in this episode. Although the Jedzia Dax refers to both Dax and Jedzia as unique things. And it's unclear to me where the line of personality is drawn. I think that the show has hinted that they're basically a new creation, a new character. But I find that to be the easiest and kind of lamest way to get around what a trill is. Because I feel that the the symbiont needs to have some kind of priority over it. And well, I, I agree that maybe mixing the personalities is a good way to go and you could get a little bit more mileage out of that than just having the worm be passed around between people like it was in TNG. I feel that the the way that the character exists as sort of being super intelligent and knowing all this stuff really depends on the Trill symbiont, the worm, being the primary personality in something. Because her uh, Jedzia Dax's relationship to Cisco doesn't make too much sense if that's not the case. Her relationship to the previous Trills, relationship to Curzon and Leela, I think, is the other one that we meet and that we learn about. Doesn't make a lot of sense. And so those are my, my big problems. And I still, I think that they should, uh, the Trills should do the, the joint Trills should do the Venom from Mara Spider-Man thing of saying we for everything, because that would make it a little bit easier to track. And if they say we, and then maybe talk about the, Jedzia and Dax uh, personalities being obliterated or something. But I think the we would go a long way. And I think that the Trill should respond to that. And the 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 interpersonal conversations and stuff that uh, Arjun has with Dax in this episode needs to hint at the fact that he knows about this and he can appreciate her lifestyle. And it's not just about them having a conversation about like guts. Do you have it really? Which is what it all comes down to. So 
that's my major problem with it is the fact that the Trill are poorly defined. Uh, Jadzia Dax is not a great character at this point. The actress playing her is not fantastic. And none of the episodes that focus on her really boil down to anything that is interesting. So the storylines just end up being very bland and uninteresting and because you don't understand what the stakes are and you don't really understand what's going on with this character on some level. So that's the problem. Um, the other part that's a problem for this episode is the fact that the sci-fi plot is terrible. Um, and apparently the original script actually flipped the order of importance here, where the, the sci-fi plot was the primary story and the Dex uh, acolyte system is the secondary story. They flipped it around. Michael Pillar thought it would be better to make it a character story. And I was doing a little bit more review for this one because I'm not sure if I'm alone. So I went on to our Discord channel and I asked about uh, how people think that DS9 is handling the sci-fi plots up to this point which is a season and a half uh, into the show because I was reading uh, Jammer's Reviews, uh, who's a famous Trek reviewer. He has a website called Jammer's Reviews, and he does sort of short blurbs about each episode. But his, he similarly had a, he had noticed a problem with the sci-fi angles, and we've noticed that too previously on the podcast. So I know that we're not alone in it. So I wanted the Discord feedback to see what it was all about. And I think the general consensus is just that the character work is better than the storytelling at this point. But my major concern would be, are, am I just burning out on the Star Trek sci-fi angle? Or is DS9 just not as good at doing sci-fi storylines? Because we've had a bunch that haven't been good. There's been the uh, Melora subplot. There has been the... Let me open up. Um, open this thing up and see where where these episodes are. We had uh, We've had this one. We had Playing God. We had the Melora episode. There was the uh, the one with Rumpel Stiltskin is a terrible example of a sci-fi plot. Um, let's see here. What do we have? We've got Second Sight, which had the useless hologram sci-fi plot story. Um, we have Whispers was pretty good. Shadow Play was fine. Maybe that was a little bit of a better example, but it's still kind of an idea of they've done this before. So I was concerned about whether or not we're just getting burnt out on the Star Trek sci-fi angle. And according to, you know, Discord and stuff, and I wonder if this is the case, it's really not the case. Maybe it will get better, but maybe DS9 just isn't the show that should be doing the high, the high concept sci-fi angle. Um, Jammer's Reviews calls it a schizophrenic episode, basically. It has some sort of little acronym for it, but it has to do when the... When an episode, he, his general take on season two is that uh, the good episodes can sometimes be dragged down by the terrible B plot that's going on, which is largely a sci fi B plot. And I think that's true for a lot of what's going on in season two. So the problem here with the proto universe is that I thought the most interesting aspect of the episode was the whole thing where they reveal that it's a proto-universe and Kira is the one saying, why don't we just blow this thing up or something? And Odo says that he doesn't step on ants. Um, I, sc I screwed up what the uh, quotes are there. But that's the, the you know, they, they bicker about the fact that what they can do and whether it's right to do something to the proto-universe. And I think that the, you know, the, the problem here is that 
Well, that storyline has moments that really work in it, like Cisco looking out the window and talking about, have we become the Borg? Like, how, how can we do this to some other um, universe, extinguish all life in some other universe? It doesn't work because the episode doesn't pay a lot of attention to it. Like, the problem is brought up and resolved very easily. It was just like, well, bring it back to where we found it and drop it off, which makes zero sense in, on any level. That's a very, um, you know, it's... I don't know what they expect will happen. Won't the universe just keep growing until it takes over the Alpha Quadrant, even if it starts in the Gamma Quadrant? But um, that's a few issues that the uh, the patrons actually had. Cal Barrett writes, Playing God, a proto-universe is rapidly expanding and threatening to replace our own, and the answer is to take it through the wormhole and dump it on the other side of the galaxy. How does that work? Which is my problem with it. So you, they neither solve the problem nor had an interesting resolution to get out around it or in any case. Like the major the major conflict of that storyline is apparently flying the shuttlecraft through the wormhole and dodging holes in space or something. Not particularly um, something that you should write home about. It's, it's an episode that kind of reminded me of all the bad things that we've ever you know said the, the show should avoid. It's the countdown to destruction that you have no idea what's going on. That's the kind of the shuttlecraft uh, race. It's got a bad sci-fi B-plot paired up to that character story, and the character story isn't even really good on, in the first place, so you don't have a lot of wiggle room here. Um, but we'll go through some uh, other patron stuff, and then we'll kind of respond to it. But that's my general take about that episode. I think this episode is, is terrible, and I was extremely bored while watching it. Um but let me know how, how you guys think. But here are what some of the patrons thought. Neil Brennan says, Playing God, literally any other character in the Dax role would have made for a more compelling story and character study. O'Brien slash Kira slash Cisco get a cocky layered apprentice. I'm there. Dax gets one. I'm asleep. Agreed. Um, Dax is no, no good in that role. The Trill, obviously, are poorly defined. Matthew N. Ross says, Playing God, geez louise, didn't we see the same damn episode calling it Invasive Procedures? Maybe it's because they just don't know what to do with Dax. Maybe it's the acting? I don't know. But that whiny ad, that whiny adept, sheesh, uh, adept, uh, is it adept? I guess it might be whiny adept, sheesh. Show some backbone. Recognize that you are not meant to be joined, but there's too much going on here. The rats, the B-plot, although I like the Hamlin joke, which was more interesting than the A-plot, I guess, in the trills. The C-plot is the... C-plot, the universe thing, come on, pick a damn story, just weirdness in a jar. And their plan really makes no sense. If they're to expand in the Gamma Quadrant, wouldn't that get them anyway? That's why, yep, that's what Kyle was agreeing to. And for an instantaneous wormhole, it feels more like a journey in a long tunnel, like taking the Lincoln Tunnel to New Jersey with more blue and less cursing. See, I think that the... I know that they kind of handle this later. Being in the wormhole is not instantaneous, in my understanding of the show. You You actually do travel through a tunnel for a little bit. It's much faster than going there normally but there is i think a major plot point in one of the later seasons that revolves around the fact that it, it is not instantaneous and that you can all be in the wormhole at some time um jake needs to get his groove on with a double go- oh, and that's the other storyline I, I don't even think that's worth talking about it gets picked up in a uh, season three i think the double girl with jake thing a, a, a pointless side story in this episode right i don't think that really added anything to it um Zam Nuclear Wessel writes, Playing God, the first Dax episode that really features Dax, and I thought it worked great. It kind of retcons her a bit, but she needed it. And I found the progressive, uh, progressing Vol's problem, Cisco's amusement at O'Brien, the Cardi's amusement at the Federation, Cisco no longer amused once they break the containment fields, a lot of fun. 
Well, you might be the um, the odd man out. I think here, Zam. You, <laughs> your your positive opinion is definitely counter to what I think, and uh, at least some of the patrons so far. Um, although I do admit that the voles were interesting. Um, the I think another patron has a good comment about yeah. Stephen Cobb says playing God Quark sque- screaming when O'Brien aimed the sonic pest control device with some brilliant physical acting. It was a throwaway scene, but still brilliant. Klingon Cafe was also delightful, but just a throwaway. Ditto to the Pied Piper bit for O'Brien. Otherwise, as a character-building episode for Dex, it was lousy. I finished the episode very confused over the pronoun she used. A pop-up graphic charting their uses would have been welcome. We learn more about Curzon than Jadzia. Yeah, um, Quirk's comedy thing is pretty good. <laughs> O'Brien can't use the uh, like the sonic, the sonic control device or whatever it was because the Ferengi can't handle it. But yeah, otherwise, I agree. Not particularly strong episode uh holly mclaughlin writes plain god love getting a better idea of how the host symbiont relationships are arranged and how trill culture works apparently it's just a big bureaucracy which is understandable but less interesting i suppose than any other way that you could possibly have it um i think they say something along the lines of three thousand trill applicants for 500 if i'm getting that right maybe that's too many um 500 symbionts out there so the odds are stacked against you, and, you know, we still don't really know what it means to not be joined in Trill society. Apparently, your father judges you, but I don't know if the society itself is biased against them. Never get into it. Never really understand it. Um, they have to pick their spots, I suppose. I think that's pretty much it. A pretty terrible, terrible episode of uh, Season 2 of DS9. And I don't know. You guys let me know what you thought about it. Um I mean, Michael Pillar here says, after Shadowplay, this is the second ABC three-story episode. Michael Pillar commented, the problem with the script was always that nobody could find the balance between the three stories and nobody could find the relationship between the two characters. I assume the two characters are, he's talking about Arjun and uh, Dax. Yeah, so I guess it's kind of a problem when you can't figure out how to link your stories and you can't figure out what the relationship between the two main characters in the story. That's a, uh, I guess that's a tough one. Maybe it shouldn't have been written in the first place. But, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I won't go on too much longer. I think we'll wrap it up there. It's just a very weak episode. Um, I know that these, the last eight or so episodes of DS9 are a pretty solid group, but this one is definitely not it. Um, I'll play an audio clip. We'll come back. I'll give my final ratings, and then we will call it a day. There's one thing I want to do before I go, and that is to apologize for the things I said to you in the lab. That was the first time you were being honest with me. <laughs> Somehow I always expected that joining would make any trill complete, serene, wise beyond her years. And I'm none of those things. (laughs) What I mean is, you're nothing like I expected. I'm nothing like I expected. Life after life with each new personality stampeding around in your head. You get desires that scare you, dreams that used to belong to someone else. I wouldn't recommend it for everyone, but in time... I might recommend it for you, when you're ready. I know what I have to do. Good luck. Thank you. All right, so, playing God, we're done with it. I'm going to give this one a one out of five. Um, there's been a couple ones. The one so far for season two are Invasive Procedures, another Dax episode, Melora, and then Second Sight. So I'm going to add playing God to that list. It's going to get a one from me. A really bad bad episode um 
maybe I feel like I'm super negative on it, but I just, I really felt there was nothing redeeming to it. It's if Clay were here, I think he would say that this is the kind of episode he was always fearful about DS9. And I think that's a, a good description of it. It's too much interpersonal stuff with nothing backing up the interpersonal stuff. And then a terrible sci-fi B plot that doesn't make any sense about, you know, the episode should have focused on the proto universe. It would have been a better way to go. At least that's a Star Trek-y interesting concept to talk about the ethics of you know wiping out a universe and whether or not stepping on ants is appropriate or whether odo is a, a jane a buddhist jane or something um we don't get any of that we just get bad deck storylines and then driving a proto universe into the gamma quadrant and dropping it off somewhere that's it i'm gonna give it a one out of five you heard all the patron thoughts uh thank you guys for leaving thoughts helps me guide my way through these uh, solo episodes if you guys want to leave thoughts you do it by supporting the show at patreon.com slash the Penske file. It's a great way to help the show out. You get to leave thoughts about the upcoming episodes. They get read on the podcast. You get extra podcasts. We talk about things like we, uh, me and Clay recently did breaking a Star Trek episode where we sort of improvised a plot to a Star Trek, a TNG episode. So you guys can check that out if you're on the, uh, the site. If you want to support the show, you can get access to it. We talk about movies, all that jazz. Um, anything else here? No. Social media, check out all the social media, blah, blah, blah. We have the Discord server, which is kind of picking up. People are popping in and talking um, uh, to each other every once in a while. It's, if you're unfamiliar, Discord's like a chat room type uh, software. It's used for um, voice over internet. So it's kind of a Skype mixed with a chat room. And we have our own little server chat room, the Star Trek and the Real Rotten. There'll be a link in the video description, the podcast blurb. You can go there. That's the the best way I feel to talk to people because I'm not going on Facebook. So if you're leaving Facebook comments, uh, apologies, but I'm not really responding to them. The posts just go up automatically. And uh, this is just a nice, clean way besides the YouTube comments to get in touch and uh, have a little a little community being built around here. So you can go to Discord if you want to talk about uh, stuff like that. And I think that's pretty much it. I don't think we have much else. We've got profit and loss coming up in a couple days. That'll be good. Then Blood Oath. And then we enter a pretty solid stretch of DS9 to wrap up the second season. So that should be good. Um, I did a video about the ranking the TNG seasons. You guys can check that out. I think that's it. Sorry, kind of a disjointed ended, but we're over. A one out of five, playing God. It's one of the episodes to avoid in the second season. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time.